On behalf of Christchurch, can I welcome you here this morning? I'm Brian Wakelin. Uh, I'm the assistant minister here, and one of my, my joys as part of my ministry is the oversight of our um, overseas mission stuff, which includes the work that we do alongside Karis in, in Kalewe. I'll leave um, the Karis team to introduce the, the various parts of the day, but I guess a special welcome to Bishop Zach and to Ketra. Welcome back to Winchester for both of you as well. I know you've both been here before, so it's good to see you again. As we meet, let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you call us into the worldwide body of your church. We thank you for our sisters and brothers in Kampala. Thank you for the ministry that goes on amongst them from the churches there and for those that are being helped through the work of Karas. We ask that today you would inspire us afresh with your love and your mission that you call us to in working together. Help us to learn from each other, help us to encourage one another. Help us too that through this we might build each other up as we work alongside those churches. Thank you for the ways in which they have taught us over the years. And we pray that we may continue to learn from them. We ask your spirit to be at work among us this morning and this afternoon. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So um, I'm Julie Winnie, uh, one of the Caris, uh directors, and it's great looking out across the room to see so many uh, familiar faces to be amongst so many friends. Um, welcome to everybody for coming, for making time in your busy schedules for, for being here with us. Uh, I thought it would be just good for us to get an idea of who else is in the, in, in the room. Um, would you just wave when I mention your, your link or, your, or where you're from? For example, Holy Trinity, partly with St. Peter's Montaguer. Can you just give us a wave so we know we've got Holy Trinity crowd in the room? <laughs>
I'm going to um, hand over to Will, uh, who's going to take us through the rest of the day. There will be breaks. Uh, be prepared for flexibility. We have to be ever flexible in God's work. Um, but there will be some breaks. Do take those opportunities to get up, stretch your legs, but talk to other people in the room, talk to the Karis team. Um, we have uh, Nick's with me here. We've got Edward, we've got Chatham, we've got Glyn representing uh, all the trustees here in, in uh, Winchester. Okay, Will, over to you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning Will. Okay, so we, we have lots of things that we want to share with you. Um, lots of ideas have gone into today, what to share, what not to share. One of the things that we thought would actually be wonderful to present is this charity has been running about 15 years now, started back in January 2007. And we thought it would be a good time to actually, even for us, to understand what on earth has been the impact of Karis. You know, what's, what's actually happened since 2007? Can we add it up? What does it equate to? So we put together some slides briefly. Um, now, firstly, uh, the calling that we have. We, we are trying to bring a family in the future for children trapped by poverty in Kampala, Uganda, through church to church and family to family links. I'm sure uh, all of you are familiar with that, that idea. The areas that we work in uh, across Kampala, well, we want to see this grow. Uh, but these are the current uh, church churches and communities and slum areas that we are working with in Kampala. All based upon when a family gives money, 100% of it is going to all these things. We have healthcare and education, beds and bedding, business support, celebrations, training seminars, passport support, food and basics. It's a very holistic model of how we're trying to get people out of poverty to, be, to become more self-sustaining. Uh, and the beautiful thing is we can say to our families when they give their money, 100% of it goes to those things. It doesn't go elsewhere, it goes to those things. The things that bring people out of poverty. So, impact report, yes. Thank you, Megan, for doing all the slides. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, she's got her work cut out for us. Um, next slide. We are 15 years ago. Um, that's when it started. Well, so how many lives have benefited? 810. Working out had to be 124 families, 136 carers, and 674 children directly supported, benefited, put through the program. And all those things that you saw, all of that. Moving on, that's how much the UK has sent over to, to help. In, in January, we will cross, cross the two million pound threshold, which is incredible. Just, I know these are just numbers, but it works out to be all those things in real people's lives, and we will explore the felt impact and the stories behind them. Moving on, education. 23 enrolled in university education. If you imagine you come from absolutely nothing in the, in the slums, what opportunity is there for you to go to primary school? And we've now imagined, we've just made something come possible for some of these children they dreamed. This 
This was their dream, but it seemed impossible and out of reach. Well, 23 children have now gone to university education, 53 have completed vocational training or an apprenticeship, giving them practical skills. And that's how it all works out. There's a lot of uh, a lot of different practical skills that will work out to be tangible benefits to different communities across Kampala. Moving on, 150 double-decker beds, 992 mosquito nets, 143 water filters, about 1,500 school shoes, <laughs> 27. Thousands, almost 28,000 medical appointments, 48 training seminars on all kinds of things. Hygiene, menstrual health, self-confidence and self-esteem, business training, all these things. And 550 decisions to Jesus through the Suncats, which is a beautiful thing, you know, seeing the impact of the kingdom, Jesus being made alive in people's hearts, and actually them deciding to follow him with their lives. So the impact is great. One other thing I want to highlight as well is has been our response um, for through the COVID lockdown. So across the two years, um, about £44,000 was given. When everything's shut down, businesses shut down, there's no way of making money. Pastors couldn't have church services, and so they had no income. And we responded. The generous people over here uh, responded and rescued people from starving. And it wasn't just, just the Karras families, it was the communities as well that, that got impacted by this response. I mean, essentially, we helped with the food packages about almost 8,000 adults. And that's just an estimate if we think maybe there's four people per family, which is a fairly low estimate. So that is the broad overview of some of the numbers of what this charity has been involved in. But next, what I would like to do is, because we have uh, the honor of having Tim and Pippa, and we have Zach here, I would love to actually invite them up uh, to share a brief story. Um, sorry, Zach, I don't know if I prepared you for this. Less about the flexible, right? <laughs> um, I, just want, I would love to invite you up and just to share a brief bit about how this all got started, what the heart behind uh, it was, why why did this even begin? And just, you know, uh, would, would you come up? Yeah. Thank you. I think my sister here needs to stand with me because there was, <laughs> okay. there was come, come, come. <laughs> Mainly because I just want to hug her. <laughs> so I think I know everyone. I'm Pippa anyway, and this is dear Petra, who runs the show out there, really. It's the team, amazing team. Hello, I'm, I'm Tim. Am I, can you hear me all right? Yeah. yeah. Dear Zach. <laughs> so about 16 years ago, um, I suppose I was thinking on the way up here that God gave Pip and I um, 
at the time some sort of openness to his heart and a measure of responsiveness to that which made us get on a plane to Kampala and uh, God he'd been preparing us for a year or two we knocked on various doors and um, the time came when we had a God moment which we'll tell you about in a second Um, but I think as I look back in our hearts we just had an openness to what God wanted to do in caring for some of the poor orphans in the slums of Kampala and uh, I met with someone who happened to give me Zach's number and phone number um, I think a CMS link yeah. and um, so armed with Zach's number uh, we found ourselves in Kampala again and phoned Zach up just randomly phoned him up this was the busy assistant bishop of Kampala <laughs> with um, much on his plate and when I think about that openness and responsiveness Zach had it that day by answering the phone, and he never met me, Pippa, but he, he opened up his, his day and his office, and we met him that day, and I'll hand over to Pip now. One of the reasons, well, let's get down. One of the reasons um, I said Ketra come up too, because actually that very day in that office, there was the four of us there. Um, I think it was about 16 years ago. I was in my 30s. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Petra hasn't changed. I don't think changed. I've got older. I don't know what the secret is. I'm moving over, I tell you. But, um, yeah, it just was It was a real God moment. That's all I can say. I mean, we've been praying. We've gone over. We've not wanted to reinvent the wheel. We thought, well, if we will just join in something, if it's already happening. But God had really laid on our hearts that that Psalm 68, verse 6, verse about... God is a father to the fatherless. He sets the lonely in families. And we knew that we were to be involved in something which helped place orphans in families and that it was something that was going to be very much through the church out there, church to church, and not just through an NGO or a charity, as it were. And, um, yeah, we went and explored. And when we went into this this room and met these two lovely people, it was... It just felt one of those extraordinary moments in our lives we'll never forget where I remember us starting a sentence about what God had put in our heart and one of you guys finished it. You know, it was like God had been speaking to both of you um, at the same time about things I'll hand over to you in a second. Um, it was like, you know, different pieces of jigsaw puzzle coming together. God had done the preparation. And um, I always remember Zach, yeah, picking up his phone to his first and secretary saying, please cancel the meetings for the rest of the day. <laughs> and uh, we just went out and did a, I say a prayer walk, it's more of a drive walk, drive stroke prayer walk, round the slums, and we dreamt together, we cried together, we plotted together in, in God's mm. economy. And it just was, God was in it from the beginning, it wasn't any one of us, it was it was a God movement from the beginning, wasn't it? Do you want to add so to that? What was going on in both your hearts yeah. when these two... Was walk through the door. <laughs> I, I do remember Ketra saying, if this happens, I am stopping what I'm doing and I just want to run with it and lead it. And here she is. Yeah. And I want to thank her for her faithfulness. Yeah. 50 years of faithfully serving it. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Good morning. And praise the Lord. Yes, my name is Ketra. For those I'm meeting for the first time, I'm happy to be here in this beautiful country. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to see you. Um, I think I'll talk more a little later. Later, yeah. Greetings from my family. So, stories are amazing, and I think it would be wonderful to hear each of our stories because stories bring perspective. You know, our experiences even of a moment like we described, we come to it in you know, different ways. Uh, so it's wonderful to hear this story again, told by you and how that moment was. Um, it was at a time when um, I was asking deep questions about the work uh, in the depressed um, communities of, of Kampala. And at that time, we had um, a program that was going on, uh, which was a child sponsorship scheme, uh, which was being uh, supported and run along Compassion International methodology and processes. And Ketra at that time was working for, was a project director uh, at the All Saints Cathedral um, for that project. I was always very, uncomfortable with child sponsorship programs. And, uh, and so Will and Ed and Julie and Nick, uh, I'm going to challenge a few things. <laughs> that, uh, um, because, um, and, and later I will say a little bit more, and, and I really want to invite you to a conversation, you know, to this. Um, and I think as churches, let's have a conversation because at the end of the day, this is gospel work. This is gospel work. This is gospel work. It's, it's gospel. It's, it's gospel. Um, and there is, some, there is a story, uh, Will, that possibly is more significant than the numbers. Because the numbers, mm, I mean, 15 years, and we've only got 600 only five these numbers of families. I don't think we should pat ourselves on the back for these numbers. They are too low. Mm. Hello? They are what? Yeah. How many parishes? I mean, Ketra is not surprised. This is just who I am. How many parishes, Ketra? Six churches. Six churches. So let's not pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> How many churches here? Julie, how many churches here? Four. Four churches. Yeah, please, you know. We should be better. Hello? <laughs> Amen? Yes. yes, absolutely. Fifteen years. We should be doing better. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Amen? Amen, amen. So, but the untold story, which is possibly the story that is, I suspect, more in the annals of uh, the kingdom. And it's a story that we don't know are the lives that have been changed. Lives that have been changed. And um, 
I am one of those lives that has been changed through this work. So I would like Tim not to tell us about what Karis has done and changed in Kampala. I would like Tim to tell us how this has changed him. I would like to ask my dear sister to tell us how this has changed her. I would like Ketra to tell us how this has changed her. And I would like you to tell us how this has changed you. Because if it hasn't, then we are joking. We are not involved in projects. Tier Fund does much better. World Vision has much better numbers, right? Right? And of course, we're not comparing ourselves with them because that's not who we are. So I'd like to ask my brother David to please come. And uh, David is, uh, is, David and I are bishops, just so you know. Uh, we may not look like bishops, but we really are bishops. You know? <laughs> but we bishops, serious bishops, right? But, but David is the most serious bishop than me, you know. Um, but let me tell you, and um, I can tell you this. Uh, my sister Pippa and Tim and David, God has used them to change my life. So we meet in that moment with Tim and Pippa, and I'm struggling, and I'm asking, Lord, what shall we do? I'm in charge of the programs of the diocese. I'm in charge of building something. I'm uncomfortable. I do not know. And then these amazingly, and we are very different, by the way. You know, they believe in prayer walks. I don't. <laughs> you know, they come from, uh, you know, deciding the word of the Lord. You know, the, what is it? Word of knowledge, prophetic word. That's not me, you know. But we sit there <laughs> and uh, we have conversation. And there is something about the witness of the Spirit that there is something here that God is inviting us into. And one of the real changes is that Tim and Pippa and myself, we are very close friends. We talk about our lives and so on and so forth. But the change was this. And I can never forget Tim and people. And Tim saying, I'm a GP. But you know, if the Lord tells me to move to Kampala, I will. We will. And on and on. And I could tell stories of how this relationship, this relationship, <laughs> what it has done to me. And to Theodora, and to our family. So, in one of those days, he comes to Kampala. Uh, David is David, my goodness. Nobody warned me that this is who he is. <laughs> Amazing, Kalele. So, he walks into my office. <laughs> he walks into my office. I know this may be inappropriate for this culture, but don't worry. <laughs> you know, brothers, you know, we are okay. <laughs> don't have any issues. <laughs> uh, so he walks into my office. It's one of those days. And he gives me the report uh, because he had slept uh, in the slum. 
that those two days, were the two or three days, they refused to sleep in the in the guest house. You know, typical missionary people, mission people who are coming on missions, they sleep in guest houses. Can I repeat that one? People are coming on missions, but they didn't come on a mission. So one of the things I would like to encourage you to change is language. This thing is not about mission. No, this is life. This is witness. So David chooses to sleep in the slum. I have never. He comes to my office, tells me the story of how one of those in the morning, um, I don't know if you remember this story, David. Why don't you tell it yourself? I mean, why should I tell it for you? <laughs> Remember the, the child who had died? Yes, yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Uh, it's here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I mean, it's multifaceted because, um, you know, there, there shouldn't be flooding in Kalawi, but there were some... It floods all the time. floods all the time because some of the World Bank money has sort of seems to have gone somewhere else. That's another political issue. But um, So one of the impacts is that when the rain comes very powerfully, the, the water... Yeah. can come up to here uh, very quickly uh, and um, the houses were all very vulnerable the latrines were built high above the flood level um, and uh, I, I, I mean, it was a terrible night um, and the child in the, in the house behind where I was sleeping drowned during that night um, and it sort of I was staying in a rented house that the, the vicar was rented in, staying in a very vulnerable um, place. Um, and it was the depths at one level, but also, and I, I don't know if this will sound fantastical, but there's a profound sense of the presence of Jesus. And I mean, that's the, the sort of paradox of it. And um, whilst I, I, I was sending a few robust emails that Jesus isn't in your bishop's palace, Bishop Zakis, in Kalewe, what are you playing at? But, um, so there were some interesting uh, ways in which you deal with real difficulty and humour is, is a real help. And I don't want you to, to pass the, the political story. Yeah, well, I thought... Because I, I don't know, you can't pass it. Because actually, yeah. that's one of the problems of charity. One of the problems of charity is to pass mm. the systemic and structural questions mm. that are the reason for conditions such as Kaleri. Mm. And I'm really hoping we can get into this conversation yeah. as Kalis, 15 years old. Because what he's saying, let me just mm. put it this way, the channels in Kaleri don't work because of corruption. Mm. Because the money, World Bank money, was stolen by the officials in City Hall. And because it was stolen by people in City Hall, hence the channels are shallow. So every time it rains, one of the problems are the channels. These drainage channels actually have become collecting centers of water. So the whole place completely floods. And that story when David walks into my office and tells me that a child had drowned. And what it is, the housing situation in the stands, is that um, they are bank beds and not the kind of bank beds you can imagine. Some of them are just as they are. 
triple. So children sleep under the bed, on the mat. The adults sleep above. So I think it's the mother who had woken up and the entire little house had flooded and the little child sleeping on the mat had drowned and the mother didn't know. There are two, two other things that, that I think I would want to just touch on that might open up conversation. One is, of course, you go, a and I remember deeply that conversation, um, and we, you start saying, well, what can we do to change it? And you're right. There's a political agenda that has to be grasped, sometimes in a very costly way. But I, I think it was the first time I realised that the term white messiah was a term I needed to engage with. Because Zach was really quite robust in his conversation about um, the, that we didn't need money. Uh, we weren't going to solve the problems through money. Now, you, you need to think that one through a little bit because the, um, and actually all the resources God had given to Kampala. And, and some of that was deeply spiritual. So, you know, the leadership for change, the leadership of the people of God is there in, in places like Kalawi and Kamwachka and the other communities. It's all there. And one of the exciting things I think about 15 years is to see people like Rachel Matesi, who um, won the preaching prize in Oxford from Kalawe, um, is a really significant Pan-African evangelist, really. And um, all sorts of interesting stories around how the Lord is shaping her from that community. So to think that somehow, so what I've discovered is my mentors are there. I'm not coming as a mentor. I'm not coming uh, with a, a discipleship journey to share, to, to offer. I'm, I'm, I'm arriving to participate in what is already happening. And I had known about the Williams through Andrew your brother, yeah. even, my father. even your father, mm -hmm. and in fact, uh, your nephew is called Zach. He is. Yeah. It's amazing. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, 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 totally. But I met him through his connection. Met him, you know. And so he sleeps in this lab. And I'm a bishop in Kampala. And he comes and tells me the story how he slept in the lab. Let me tell you people, I was ashamed. I had never, ever slept in the sun. I would go with my four-wheel drive car, park it by the church, wade through the waters, and then I visit the bishop. But this brother of mine came and slept there. That was right. So I walked away from that conversation and I thought I can't be the same bishop. So it was Easter week, Holy Week of the following year. I think it was 2009. When I made a decision, I would sleep in Kadeve, the same bed where he had slept, in the same parish. He's a delightful man, amazing pastor we had there. I will not tell you the whole story.
because it's uh, it changed me. I, of course, you can imagine I had all my Wellington boots, I had the umbrella, I had a mosquito net. I was prepared to stay safe because you go to Kalere uh, and you survive cholera, diarrhea, you are blessed. So I didn't want to really come away with these diseases. So I enter there and I'm coming as a bishop, you know. And I'm going, you know, he is my vision, my imagination. We are going to uh, clean the streets. We are going to, uh, uh, don't worry, we, this is part of the story later. Huh? So I'll cut it. The rest will be, don't worry about it. So I, uh, uh, I then, you know, and they had asked a journalist to come and tell the story. You know, this big bishop is in Kalere, sleeps in. I imagine the headlines yeah, in the national newspapers, because I'm a fair character in Uganda, you know? <laughs> so, Bishop Zach sleeps in the slum, right? I hoped. Uh, the journalist is a dear sister in the Lord. She ignores me. She doesn't write the story. Meanwhile, from day one, I'm sick. I'm coughing. I can't manage the smells. And my heart was broken that week. Let me tell you, the journey to take an early retirement from being, from running church work as an assistant bishop began that week. Because there I experienced in a visceral way existential the impact of corruption the impact of failure of government systems and I decided that verse seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness did you know that righteousness is a mistranslation it's actually not seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. No. The proper translation should be seek ye first the kingdom of God and his justice. And I thought, what does justice work look like? And these dear friends, now I can tell publicly that people should blame you <laughs> for my political activism. <laughs> But where did it come from? It's this. He's not on a mission on me. I'm not on a mission on him. We're just brothers in Christ seeking the will of God. So I then, Petra is busy earning some money as a project director. And I sit with her and I say, Petra, this thing is not what it should be. And then another story. And Petra is... I didn't know that Petra was unhappy with running a project for child sponsorship. So the first thing to say is this is not a child sponsorship scheme. Amen? That's not what it is. We'll come back to the story. But I am here to say simply this. I really thank the Lord very much for Carrie's kids, for Carrie's family, these dear friends, because it's changed my life. Thank God for Christ's kids.
can we can we have two minutes from these ladies? Sure. Just just Ketra. Can you can you say a little bit about what was in your heart that day, right at the beginning, your journey that day? Thank you, Tim. Uh, so I'm in my office seated and uh, Bishop Zatz PA calls me to say you're needed in Bishop's office. <laughs> well, um, I gathered up myself and ran. <laughs> it's quite some distance across the road. Those of you who've been to All Saints Cathedral. So I went upstairs and I met this lovely couple. Yeah, so I sat and listened in. As they spoke, something caught my attention. Uh, there are so many things I didn't understand on that day, but I had that there is a possibility of helping families as entities. Because where I served before, it was almost a policy that it's one person, one child actually, mm. one child, one family. Mm. And it would cause a lot of problems. Like uh, if that one child was ill, then they go for treatment. They were the only ones that um, benefited from the help, from the support. So they would go to clinic, get a dose of malaria, for example, go back home. But you know, some of these illnesses, you find like uh, more than one, like two people are sick in the family. So they had nothing else but to split the dosage. They share the, the, the dose. And of course, you know where that takes us. No one is helped. So it's uncomfortable. So when I heard that there is a possibility for us to help a family as an entity, I said, yes, this is it. And I ran with it. And I'm so happy to say that it has worked. Praise the Lord. The rest I will say. I will literally be able to make because I never wear it if you already were. Sorry. Someone did say being flexible. You said it. And you invited Sam. Anyway, just really quickly, I mean, I think one of the things that I think Bishop Zach was talking about was the numbers don't reflect the changed lives. And I hope that for most of us it has touched our lives. And we, we could add to those numbers. I know for, for me personally it's been transforming um, to spend time almost to put more than putting a face to poverty is, is actually spend time and really have a relationship with people who live in such a different place um, still part of God's family but such more challenging situations but seeing how they react how their faith can come through in the hardest of situations has been humbling to me mm. to see the um, the joy and the daily thankfulness for a life each day. You know, these are things which have to make an impact on you. Um, I could say so much. There have been so many ways I've seen Christ in a new way, having that different perspective, that different sort of lens, cultural lens on things. Um, I think one of the lasting things as well for me is learning that um, the way we do things in the West is not the better way. Um, particularly when it comes to our individualization of, of faith and life and how it's all about community. And, and the Bible was written 
to a people in community and relearning some of that has been a really precious thing for me. I could go on about this somewhere. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I do not mind one bit. Um, except you, Zach. You're in trouble because you have your own session. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I, I have to, I have to admit, um, it is true. Uh, the impact needs to be greater. Um, there is such a need out there. Um, but the material difference to the people that we've, the lives that we've been involved in, our lives. Um, has been significant, and that is something that we need to give witness to. Thank you. Um, I, with that in mind, I I can't express, I can't be the voice of the people there. It's far better for them to share their story. So we actually have a short video, um, just of five different people briefly explaining their situation and um, and how their lives have been changed. So if we could play that. Name is Kakuti Evelyn. I'm called My name is Kasuja Aziz. My name is Nachinto Barbara. Namukeni Catherine. When they came in to support me, I have six children, single mother. I had no one to pay my tuition since I lost my mom. Because of that insufficient funds to support you at school, they could send you away. You find life very hard. You you feel like ignoring education and going to something else. Paying school fees was a problem. It reached a point we could not support them to go to school. I had a family of 13 children. I was sharing my bed with some two children. Others were just sleeping on the floor in the sitting room. I said, let me persevere. When I joined Caris Ministry, I benefited within the shortest time. But when I joined Caris, they teach me about God. It's what that's when I got hope. I saw things being brought for me, like weddings. And it was unexpected. I always hear projects take long. We would get food every month. So life began to change. People who were eating like small, small, at least we would eat like human beings. The very first benefit we got was the school fees for the children. From childhood, I wanted to be a lawyer. I started loving school, I started loving education. I was able to acquire a scholarship that, that has enabled me to join university. I've finished my senior six very well. I've finished my diploma in agricultural production. Caris has surely made my dream a living one. We have a clinic in which we go for medical treatment. When I was sick, they helped me. They paid the bills, they provided the necessities, everything. And when I was helpless, and that's why I'm still alive up to now. We have never gone to that clinic. 
we have put put in practice what we learn i want to thank caris ministry so much i thank god so much because they have been standing for me and i feel i'm going to go higher and higher and achieve more i want to thank god for this ministry they have, they have not left us the same and i praise god for that So Ketra, Ketra, you know these people. Where, yeah. where are they? Where are they at today? Thank you. Yeah, one of the things I've benefited when Bishop Zaku was asking, because I know these people, and I know the detail behind this. Um, sometimes when you're into social work, you know you brace yourself and uh, like uh, I don't know whether to call it problem proofing yourself so that you're able to help the next person but many times i catch myself breaking them breaking them i really thank god that i've had the opportunity of seeing what god can do ah, praise the lord yes i'm so indeed greetings from kampala greetings from my family I'm happy, I'm privileged to have been there when all this began. God has been in it. Just in case I forget everything else, I really want to say thank you to each one of you for causing all this to happen. The impact that Will um, has been uh, displaying here through the slides, it's because of you. It is because of you that all this has happened. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And some of you have gone extra miles, uh, coming to Kampala to help with IT, Chatham. <laughs> thank you, uh, those that always take part in the Zoom prayer meetings. Prayer has really worked. I've seen God do mighty things through prayer. Thank you, thank you. We've had several teams coming to Kampala to help uh, Becky Edwards, those mission trips for uh, St. Peter's Church, Wandekea. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, this ministry, I've seen it grow. It's grown over the years in scale and also in scope. Uh, these numbers, yes, I know we are not yet there, but we thank God for the 810 people that have benefited from Caris. And when we first began, there are some things we um, had not necessarily thought about deeply. So when I talk about the scope, the depth and the breadth of it, we've seen it um, grow bigger and deeper. I'm privileged to have listened to very many stories that have left me in tears of joy in my office, out there when we go visiting. It's been an amazing story. 
for example, in the area of, of education. We thought we would see children through primary school. Um, but looking at our vision, the vision for this ministry, um, we want to see a vulnerable child transformed into self-sustainability. So along the way, uh, we thought, no, they have to go for further education. And so we've seen the numbers through uh, secondary school, university, vocational training, and then uh, career guidance, scholastic things. So we keep going deeper every time. And then the area of health, we give them food. Yes, we've always given food on a monthly basis. And then we had to introduce seminars, training seminars. Like whenever there are these disease outbreaks, uh, we send alerts. If it's not uh, so contagious, uh, an epidemic, we can gather and talk through how to guard against it. Then the preventable illnesses like malaria, diarrhea, we always we were counting through and we realized the 48-something training seminars. And that, that, that was helpful, um, you know. So we really want to, to, to thank God for how deep um, the ministry has gone in impacting uh, people's lives. Um, uh, generally, we want to thank God for you that Caris has restored hope and dignity. And for me, that is very important. In 2019, we celebrated uh, 13 years of ministry. And it helped us, uh, like, talk step of what the Lord has done. Uh, well, you watched the video. But as we um, recorded stories, people's stories of what the Lord has done, it was so humbling, it was so encouraging. So this dignity. You know, people are making statements like, we now feel like human beings. We now feel normal. And I think that is great. I have just one copy with me, in case you'd like to see what God has done in pictorial form. It has some captions. But also, um, Julie may share. We have electronic copies. We may send them around in case you'd like. And so, Really, mine is to say thank you. To say thank you and to affirm that the figures you have seen, they are real. The Lord has really touched lives and we are very grateful. Um, we want to thank God for the continued partnerships, the healthy partnerships. We want to thank God for um, the winnings, the, the UK Caris team, for continued funding, for the trust, for the commitment, and of course for each one of you. And for those of you who are able to, who've been able to travel, uh, come and help with summer camps, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I think. Krishna, can I just check who has been to Kampala here? Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I think 
I'll say that for now. <laughs> but we are grateful. Things are happening just because of you. Just because of you. And for our founders, the Pepiats and uh, Uncle Zach, thank you. I have seen that uh, it is true we are the light and salt. You don't need too much salt to bring taste to food. So, just the three of them. They started, God was in it, they were committed, they had the passion, they prayed through, and here we are, talking about 810 people. And for those of you who have the platform of, um, um, you're in the pulpits, um, who have the capacity to, to, you have the opportunity of speaking to many more people than there are in this room, can knock on churches. We pray that you kindly go ahead and do that so that we have more churches, we have more families, and we can um, touch more lives through Karis ministry. Unless you have a question or something, I'm happy to stop at this one now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank you. Um, we will try and have some time for um, some questions, uh, probably in the last session, uh, but also if you would like to um, just chat to any of the team during the breaks or over lunch, that would be great too. Uh, we are so far off the plan, and that's okay, that's okay. So, so here's what I would like to do. Um, I would like to invite Bishop David up um, to lead us in just a short amount of prayer. Um, and then we'll take a, a short break. Um, and um, I, I have something that I want to share that I'm going to hand straight over to Zach um, and before we go to lunch. Does that sound okay? Shall we stand? Then I'll be short as well. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you that all that we do begins in your heart and that you invite us into your story so that our lives can be written afresh in light of the truth of who God is. God who invites us to seek first kingdom and justice. And so for each one of us that have found our own lives profoundly affected as we've journeyed with brothers and sisters in the communities of Kampala. We thank you this morning. We thank you for those who are given prophetic insight. We thank you for those who have a deep, committed, long-term engagement with families and communities. Thank you particularly of Ketra and her pastoral gifts, Zach and his prophetic ministry, Pippa and Tim are there, gift of prophetic insight. Mm. But each one in this room, those who have enabled this work to continue, we thank you. And now, Lord, we do acknowledge with some trepidation but also excitement because everything that comes from you is good, mm. that today you are also meeting afresh with us. Mm. That we're not here to congratulate ourselves, we're not here, Father, to in any sense speak of our own achievement. We're here because we're hungry for more of you. Mm. We're hungry to know more of your heart for the flourishing of a great global city 
the great global city of Kampala. But of course, the foretaste of Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, where the streams of water bring life, where the leaves of the trees bring healing to the nations. And so this day, Lord, we pray not only that our hearts will be very soft towards what you're doing in Kampala, but we might also be prepared to be broken afresh, as this world is so far from the heart of the Father. Lord, would you meet with us by your Spirit? Build us up and encourage us in our own day-to-day walk with you, in the life decisions that we face in front of us, but in a joyful and costly participation in each other's life and ministry. So Lord, bless this day, we pray. Thank you for Will and for all that are underpinning what we're doing today. In Jesus' name, we say thank you. Amen. Amen.